Welcome to our uh, Lovecraft Country uh, review show. I got uh, my man Scott with me from the Game of Thrones podcast. We got to figure out uh, what this Game of Thrones situation going to be when we can bring that back, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, because I guess it's supposed to be the the, the, uh, the, uh, the dragon show. It's supposed to be the dragon joint, right? I mean, that's what they said. When they, they, uh, at, when they first uh, ended Game of Thrones, HBO had like four or five projects in the works. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many actually are going to make it to pilot or or make it to, you know, actually on, on HBO Max or to the show. But, you know. I mean, they're going to have to put on a regular HBO. HBO Max ain't got their budget for that, I'm assuming. I mean, but that's what most people have is HBO Max now because of COVID. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they putting Green Lantern on HBO Max, and I know they're going to have to have a budget for that. Right. Tez with us in here too, man. So we're going to be reviewing Lovecraft Country. The first three episodes. Ted, you've been all right, man? Hey, like you say, everyday Groundhog Day, bro. <laughs> it's the same day. Same shit, different toilet bowl. Same nah, day. All right, so what's your initial thoughts, man, on this show? The first three episodes, uh, pretty heavy to me. First episode was definitely heavy. Second one was heavy for a different reason. Third one was heavy on a different reason. So it's like every week is like something totally different in, in blackness and sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, I um, I didn't read a lot of or hear a lot of, of the media around the show. And so I was familiar with how racist H.P. Lovecraft was. And <laughs> when, I, when I saw the when I saw the the promo, like this, the, the video images, I go, man, this is black people. Like it couldn't possibly be. <laughs> like it couldn't be like sci-fi. This is like, right. This is right. I was like, okay, well, just, you know, Lovecraft is just, you know, you know, just a coincidence. And, you know, even till maybe halfway through the first episode, I thought it was on some Tyler Perry type, you know. Oh, snap. You was waiting for the uh, uh, Shamar yeah. Moore to pop up. Exactly. Yeah. And then I was like, what the shit? You know, <laughs> they really started <laughs> popping up with, you know, all the monsters. So uh, it, it kind of threw me off. So uh, so since then, after I got my bearings, uh, you know, I, now I have a little bit more bearing and understanding what the show is about and where it can go. And so, so I'm not, I wasn't taking quite as a that, but like when I, that first episode, I had no idea what I was supposed to be looking at. I, I literally only looked at it because you were like, hey, look, we, make sure you check it out tonight. <laughs> oh, so you hadn't seen any promo for it for real or nothing? <laughs> well, I seen on HBO Max, I saw the the thumbnail that just showed it was up there. And I recognized uh, the Smollett uh, young lady. And so, I, you know, so maybe I'd catch it, maybe I wouldn't. But like, it was not it's not my radar or anything to watch. And that's so why I had no idea what it was about. Or anything about I didn't know any you know who was developing it. All I knew was that thumbnail, and you said make sure you check it out. Only two pieces of information I had. Dang. Okay, Ted. What about you? What was your initial thoughts? Uh, it so I I'm I'm a lot on the same bearings as Scott. Uh, wasn't really sure. I mean, I was familiar with H.P. Lovecraft. I I had already read up on uh to get out like where he draws a lot of his inspiration from uh, which was H.P. Lovecraft um, it's it's like it's like what's the name of that uh, the movie that came out um, Cabin in the Woods meets Scooby-Doo meets The Flash right okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how I pictured it. Like, well, not it's meets Rosewood, right? If you want to add in the racist element, but it's like it's just like a team, a small team of people 
that have like this overarching theme, and then there's like this racist the monster of the week. The monster yeah, of the week. racist monster of the week that it tackles. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, I'm super appreciative, especially the way that they, you know, they're pulling it together. Uh, I'm just happy it got made, man. You know, I just like I, I just wonder like for everybody, like especially you know our uh, nine million brothers and sisters, like who aren't familiar with this, like what it means, like who thought it was going to be like based around Lovecraft stuff, like what they're thinking right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was based off a book. So, I mean, if they Googled it, they would see that it was coming off a book. As I said, white guy wrote the book. That's the crazy thing. Super racist white guy. No, 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 no. It's actually, the Lovecraft Country is actually a book. Oh, Lovecraft Country. Okay. Yeah. Like the show is actually based off the book. And a white guy wrote the book too, the book with, with all these different racial elements in them. Um, yeah, and it's it's ill because um I I was I heard a podcast maybe two years ago with him on the guy that wrote it on an interview, and they were like, Yeah, I got this show that's on HBO. And I was like, Man, they ain't gonna put this on HBO. You got all these black people on South. I think I was like, it ain't gonna happen. I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is for real. Like they didn't and I was like, and then I saw Jordan Peele was on it, and I was like, Okay, he can, he can get some stuff pushed through, you know. At this point, he's he's a golden boy now, so he can kind of move some things a, a little bit around here and there, you know. And uh, J.J. Abrams is executive producer too. J.J. Abrams, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you got, I mean, two two cats is doing it, so it's like they show up, you know. They probably really didn't even look over too much. They just put their name on it. it. Was like I like the script, run it, and I'm gonna call HBO up. But I thought it was awesome, man. Like that first episode to me, that's how I thought the movie Green Book should have been. <laughs> the first half of the first episode. <laughs> Never saw. It. You never saw Green Book. Oh, uh, you saw Green Book. Did no, I didn't remember we talked oh, about. Oh yeah, it. yeah, dang, man. I heard it was, man. I heard it was trash, so I didn't. Yeah, so waste my the, time. The first half of that should have been Green Book. <laughs> if that was a Green Book, you'd be like, oh man, this is kind of ill, you know, um, with all the concepts and all that. Um, overarching themes, though, man. Like, how do y'all kind of feel? You know, the direction it is going. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on at this point. <laughs> hey, me, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what's weird to me is, like, the way that the the first two episodes, like, came together and ended, I'm like, that's, like, I was expecting that to be the end. Like, you right, that's the end of the story. The Grand that's Wizard. The like, yeah, like, I, why are we seeing the beginning first? What about you, Scott? No, I, I, no, I agree 100%. Um, I, it actually made me excited because, uh, so, you know, when I saw episode three, uh, and I thought they maybe just kind of tied the end to that story. And then they moved on to the you know, haunted house type of narrative. And so I thought, okay, well, fine. They, you know, because I was hoping maybe he became a wizard. Maybe he got magical powers now. Like, what the hell's going to happen with this? And then they started tying in episodes one and two uh, with the daughter whose name escapes me. Um, that made me realize that that was just the introduction to some, at least some ongoing story, presumably. Uh, that takes all these things that we learned in the first three episodes and expands on them. So that made me excited. Now, that said, I can't possibly, you know, project as to what the rest of the season is going to be about. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, so I'm yeah. just a captive audience. Like, there's, I can't give any, you know, suggestions or recommendations, but um, it does at least, uh, it does at least feel compelling because there are all these supernatural and sci-fi elements uh, that happened in the backdrop of this, you know, racial horror thing that in itself is compelling. Um, so, I mean, I think it just, it adds an extra layer of interest for me personally. Like, what's the goal? 
Like, if you had to pick, so especially, okay, this is an even better question. Since both of y'all are like super GOT, like, you know, Game of Thrones people, like, did you have a sense of where things were going third or fourth episode with Game of Thrones? Like, any idea? Well, yeah, but we both read the books. Yeah. So, yeah, very, okay. Yeah. So, so we, so we got into the show because of the books. So it was a little bit different. Okay. I mean, I, I guess it really kicked up. I'm like, I like, like reading the books. I think it kind of kicked off to me when Ned got killed because I was like, oh, I thought that was our dude. We, I thought that was the guy we supposed to be following. <laughs> you know, that's. Yeah. I thought that was that was our protagonist. We're gonna follow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. So they flipped it up because I'm like. You know, I, even if I just take my, you know, let's just say I smoked some weed and got really high. <laughs> I still don't know if I could come up on where this is. Like, it's got to be some shit from outer space, right? Like, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's Lovecraft's thing, right? Like, yeah. so it's, so these niggas is going to be fighting on Mars, and it's going to be, you know, they're going to end up being on planet, you know, fighting the, the what do they call it, uh, Nibiru. The Nibiru. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the Nibiru, playing X or some shit like that. Like, I can't, I have nowhere else to go with this. Like, I can see the small things that they're tackling, but like a major, like. Like, what's the bigger, the bigger storyline? Right. Like, you know, like, like the appearance of the dragons and all the things that happened with GOT, like, kind of led up to this huge battle with the White Walkers and then everything after that. I don't have shit for this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I can't think of anything. You know, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, rise of the, you know, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to raise the dead and all the slaves going to come back and help them take over the U.S. or some shit. Like, it's just, it can go anywhere. What's so crazy is, Ted, before we saw episode two and we talked, you had an ill concept when you talk about how, because you would feel like it was a grandmaster in every city of white people. He was like, because me and Ted talked before we both watched episode three, and he's like, what if it was each area had their own grandmaster of like a white guy that was over stuff? Oh and yeah, like the Chicago one was gonna be that guy, but it was just some racist white dude. So that threw that out the window. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to this point, there was a very, a very uh, <laughs> a, a Star Wars sequel trilogy component to it. You know, like for instance, you know, so you're you're in this you're in this story, but they still really haven't told you why you care about these particular characters. Why mm-hmm. these characters? Like, yeah, I'm introduced to a guy saying my father's missing. Okay, you know, and it wound up being a compelling trip, but there's nothing that really ties us as to why he's special. Um, you know, similarly with you know, he just coincidentally was given a girl he went to high school with a ride, and she wound up being an integral part of it. But then she abandoned her plans as far as to go wherever her original destination was because she wasn't initially on the trip to she wasn't initially on the trip to find their father. She was just thumbing the ride there, and so then she comes back to Chicago. And now she, you know, inherits his money, airport inherits, and she buys a house in the whitest part of the city after all that racial horror that she just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like that sequel truly as far as like, why am I watching this? Why do I care about these people? Like, why are they doing this? I'm not going to change the conversation of Star Wars because I would talk for 11 hours. No, 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 no. I, don't, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying, though. Like, why, why, why is this becoming a bigger world than it needs to be? Yeah. I mean, particularly that, like, a couple weeks afterwards, you bought a city in Northside Chicago, in the fifties, <laughs> I mean, they talked about it. You know, monsters included. Like that was the part I had most of. They, I mean, you know, they mentioned it early. Like, I think I liked it. There's a lot of callbacks. You know, they mentioned it in in the first episode. You just don't 
you know, because it happens so fluidly, you don't think that it's going to end up actually, you know, coming to fruition. You talking about the scene with her talking to her sister, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to move to the north side? Yeah, like, yeah, she said that, you know, that people were doing it and, you know, that's how they starting to integrate, you know, these places or whatever. But it's just, like, so, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, what's the dude's name? Atticus. Mm-hmm. Is he, uh, I mean, apparently he's mixed because <laughs> he's got this DNA running through his blood. You know what I mean? So this nigga's Barack Obama. And still blacker than Barack Obama. You're right. He is blacker. He is blacker. He's the two shades darker. But he he has this ability to, you know, whatever power he needs, it's sitting in him to manifest to be able to open time portals. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. Just just the whole theme is crazy to me. You mean you touched on something interesting. I mean, I I I I I did I didn't notice the foreshadowing about her moving to North City or North, North Side of Chicago. My issue was though, she said that before she was almost executed in the, in the forest by a bunch of cops who were then eating by monsters. Then she was kidnapped by a, a magician wizard white supremacist. Like that. And then shot and then shot and died. Like that. No, they shot and died though, so, uh, Scott. Exactly. <laughs> So let me ask you this: Do y'all think? Do you think that's social commentary about what our ancestors went through to get here? Like the type of trauma they had to experience and still continue? Mm, good point. I mean, I think it's social commentary. I think it's about our ancestors. Because I think it's about us. I think it's about after all that stuff, we still move out to the suburbs. We still want to move out to, you know, the parts of town that we can consider to be, you know, to deem, you know, haven't made it or whatever. Right. I did. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was. No, go ahead. I looked at that portion not even necessarily as, as like she felt like she was moving up, but I I looked at it like it was almost like a part of the movement, like her, uh, being like on in a on a plan with uh, Martin Luther King or something like that, like to get into these neighborhoods, to integrate, to to do all the things that the I have a dream speech talks about, right? Not necessarily like I'm doing better, but more so it's like, we're we going to make it uncomfortable for these folks. Like, cause everybody's doing it. And so it doesn't matter. You know, like I thought it was cool that she was, uh, you know, written out the space and, you know, they made calls to, who was it? Uh, James Baldwin. And uh, I thought it was a little eerie that they put uh, Emmett Till in there too. That was kind of dope. I thought that was dope. I thought it was, yeah, I was like, okay, all right, y'all really trying to mess with Cat Psyche right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, hey, that Ouija boy told him no. <laughs> you know, you enjoy this? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you might want to stay on the south. You might want to go back to the south side of Chicago, not not south south of the country. <laughs> yeah. And they was... called him by his, what did they call his, uh, they called him by his nickname, didn't they? Call him Bobo? Yeah. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, That's just nice. Yeah, that was that, that was a powerful moment. So what do y'all? I mean, let's let we can go into the three main characters. Uh, what did y'all think about the character Atticus overall in the three episodes? Ted, um, I I think I like Atticus, man. I like I I told uh, D I had a theory that this is really just happening at all in Atticus's mind. Like I like he's a soldier coming from war, suffering from 
PTSD and all the things he likes and cares about are just kind of jumbled inside of his brain. Uh, so stuff he's experienced and this is being heightened 40 times over by the PTSD, uh, which kind of explains like, you know, the dream that he had, you know, first off, because they even talked, didn't they discuss that? Like Jackie Robinson in the third in the third episode, like, you know, Jackie Robinson being people's heroes and, mm-hmm. you know, him mixing uh, a lot of H.P. Lovecraft stuff in there. And, like, I mean, it's, I also find it weird, too, because it also moves like a soap opera <laughs> a little bit, because, you know, as old boy dies, he's like, just so you, you know, they, they let us know. He was like, yeah, man, uh, just so you know, just don't get it too attached because he might not be your kid. And this boy's like, yo, we talked about that. <laughs> like, Damn, bro. Like, how you, how you, how you going to drop that in on the ending conversation? Like, this, you know, he, he didn't grew up, you know, in a very rough household, you know, a toxic household. And then, you know, they come to find out they ain't even your daddy or it's possibly not your daddy. And truth be told, we don't even know if uh, the uncle is his dad either because I think that was my first assumption by the way that the conversation was going, was that he messed with her first or some shit. But, you know, I, you just never know. But I think, I think Atticus, I think the pick was cool. I think uh, as far as, like, character casting, I think these dudes do an amazing job. Sometimes, like Scott said, it is a little weird that they're going through all these, <laughs> these supernatural obstacles and then like the next day you know niggas over in the corner drinking moonshine like ain't shit happening so I, I don't know how about you Scott um so um I think Atticus is an interesting character um I, I was a little thrown off with him at first because he was so okay with having to walk uh to the next town when on the first scene when the mm-hmm. bus breaks down He's okay with walking. Well, not okay, but he seemed to take that a lot eat better than some of the other things that wound up transpiring uh, in the show. Uh, him, him and Courtney B. Vance's characters, their interaction, that, that scene you talked about with Courtney B. Vance dying with uh, Michael K. Williams, it made it make sense. Because I was, I was wondering, like, why? I mean, I get it. Like, he had a hard childhood, but why was Courtney B. Vance so upset about not protecting his nephew you know, from the violence of his, his dad? Well, if he believed that he was his son and that violence was because his father also believed he was his son, that would make it more interesting or at least more compelling. One of the things I found to be one of the most compelling parts of the show was that when they all had their nightmares, uh, Atticus had an actual nightmare of someone trying to kill him, him having to kill her. Um, Smollett character who named Latika, Letitia? It um, is. It's a, it's Letitia. But yeah, she had a, a a nightmare about being raped by somebody she cared about, but he had he danced with a woman that he presumed be loved, and I still feel like that's a nightmare for him. Like whatever. That's his first wife. That's his first wife. Right, but think about it. everyone else will have nightmares, and he had a dream in which he just danced and talked with a woman that he previously loved and cared for, first wife, you know, whatever it is. I still feel like, and then when they asked him about it. He was guarded, saying, does it matter? Uh, even though both of them haven't had, presumably, much more traumatic experiences, were almost willing mm-hmm. to speak about it. But he w- he's the one who shut down what, that, what that, that vision was about. Because whatever it meant to him, I feel like it was just as emotionally 
traumatic as the other two were. It just was easier for us to resonate with the trauma of the other two instances. And I feel like that's going to play a, a bigger story because then they kill him at the end of that episode, right? So they introduce this character and this relationship we're kind of vague on what the importance and significance is. Then he dies. So it, it was a real easy opportunity to just have him being chased by a monster and then kill him at the end of the episode. But they intentionally had us spend time listening to that conversation with him and then he dies at the end of the episode. So I feel like that relationship and that woman and his relationship <clears throat> with her is going to play a bigger role later on down the road. Road, sorry. Mm, so I didn't even think of that being a nightmare. Ted, I didn't even think about that his was actually a nightmare, even though it looked. I didn't even yeah, think about I look, that. Yeah, I looked at it uh, as almost like a like a graph, right? Like just from smallest to like less trauma to more trauma, right? So his started off like there was nothing really going on. Like it was emotional for him because I know he had looked at a picture and other stuff. Like so it's tapping into some pain. The next one, and or maybe it was about love. Complete, like who you in love with? Period. Now that you said that, I didn't even think about it, because uh, that's gonna, that's the most painful, right? Or the ones that you love. So you got. And, the, and what's interesting the, though, uh, tapping into that, Ted, is seeing the Afro Afropolitan, his, his his current wife, his widow. It seems is like Hippol she, it's Apolita Hippol or Afro Hippolyta. Yeah, okay. okay, Hippolyta. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is Hippolyta. Uh, it seems like she may be in love with him more than he was in love with her, and that goes. That will go back to. What Scott just said, and that's his nightmare, is that he never, he knew that he didn't love her as much as her, maybe? Because it seemed like she's in love, way more in love with him. Because he didn't even invite her never on no trip. Well, like, but I think that's, but I think that's also like, going into yeah, what Scott was saying. Never I think invited. that's what, was, what Scott was saying, too, because he's also probably being very protective of what happened to his last wife, right? Mm. So, so that could have happened on, you know, why he's keeping his daughter, she's drawing the maps, and, you know, uh, his wife's at home. But I think that with love being this, the pain all over, right? He deals with his ex-wife, who he still has feelings for, or maybe he feels like it's his fault that she died. Then you have Letitia, who's in love with uh, Atticus, right? And then, you know, like you said, she's she's trying to be raped. It's, you know, it, it does that whole, you know, uh, mind bend because they're, they show that stained glass window with Adam and Eve, and Eve's penis is a snake, which is why you know, I don't know if that's supposed to symbolize like new beginnings or something like that between them two. And then you go to Atticus and which might explain why his love life is the way that he is because he receives a phone call from the girl, uh, from the lady that sounded like she was from where he left for war or maybe it's Florida, right? And they, she came out the box swing. So there wasn't, there wasn't even, you know what I mean? It was just levels of aggression. Like there was none, and there was some, and then there was all. But then we learn out later, though, that 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 Letitia's uh, was a virgin. Virgin, yeah. right? So she was so so her fantasy started off with how she thought her first time would be, be. Mm. and then it became it became a nightmare. And then the next episode, she does have sex with him and loses her virginity. Right. Episode we learned that not only was she a virgin, but it puts what we saw previously in different contexts. True. Very much so. Yeah, yep. that that scene with the uh, not since you said his is a nightmare too, man. I think about that whole that whole dream scenario now again differently, thinking about how that's a nightmare for him being with her because he was like, no, this is not real. Is that the nightmare that he knew it wasn't real and then he couldn't if, that he couldn't like he knew this wasn't real and he couldn't be with her and that's his nightmare. Right. 
And I think that's why I made it, for me at least, that's what resonated because, it, because okay, maybe in a, a house full of wizards, then, you know, maybe if somebody that comes in the room and tries to kill you, but somebody's dick turned into a snake. That's you know, wild. Like, <laughs> if, that, like if, that, if there's something that's unbelievable here, that would be the one that you <laughs> But he. But, but question though, is it really that unbelievable? Because you found, you know, you just got through fighting a gopher with a million eyes on his back. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it just kind of plays into that whole narrative. Like, you don't even know what's real anymore because you got niggas that got you got white people that know magic. You got you know, uh, you know, rodents of a usual size with a million eyes, and now <laughs> and now you got you know your heart's ride whose penis is a python, literally. Um, I mean, personally, I can't think of anything more terrifying than being. <laughs> Uh, being a black dude in the 1950s in some rural area, you around magic white folks that can stop, that, that don't take pain uh, and make you forget that you Oh my yeah. God. Like, I can't think of anything oh personal. And, and yeah, yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the most, yeah. I hey, mean, I, the people did, and I was like, what happened? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, that's even worse is that somebody else does remember, and they like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and they like, man, you know, you got that PTSD, right? You know, you got that. <laughs> You're right. right. They flipping on you. Like, so, also, like, go ahead, go ahead, Scott. No, go ahead, Scott. No, go. Ahead, we flew on. Go Atticus, Atticus' response to the white daughter at the end of episode three was the most unrealistic thing that he could have possibly done. It's like, okay, you've already established the types of things that they're capable of. Oh, right. Start off with a conversation. You could always try the gun later, but <laughs> like, uh, oh, you said right. like him, him, hey, him, him hey, thinking he was hey, gonna shoot her and kill her. Hey, hey you talk about the fact that he announced it first. <laughs> what are you doing? At, at, at a minimum, you want the at a minimum you want the you want the you want the the, the, uh, the advantage of a surprise. Right, you know? exactly. That's Chicago. Help, help us walk on out first. <laughs> announce it. And then pull a snub nose on her face. Oh they, my god! They stopped a car moving on a wooden bridge with just some invisible barrier. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's hell of a play when you think about it. Like the whole time he had this 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 plan, he finally gets a chance to see her, and he sees her. And he's like, "Oh, I'm finna shoot you now, bitch." And then she's like, "And you want to know why?" And you want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me go to my expose real quick. What could you possibly do between me and this third <laughs> yeah, I have no knowledge of anything else other than <laughs> me being in a war and a snub nose of somebody's face. You um, saw your father turn into a, a mound of sand and this beautiful, <laughs> this beautiful mansion just rolled into nothingness outside of uh, Right. I, mean, here being birthed out of cattle, like all oh, that stuff. <laughs> right. just, I just watched your dad detonate like a nuke. <laughs> I'm in the countryside. <laughs> but you know what? My little, my little 22, though, got some 22 for the put a hole in you, though. What y'all think about the whole haunted house thing, man? And uh, and Journey Smollett. We can talk about her a little bit as her character's building out as well. Um, Man. Y'all, I mean, me uh, and Ted talked about this, Scott. Do you think she's biracial? In the show? Yeah. Do you think Journey Smollett is like her dad was white or something? Is that why that she's like the golden one kind of like, where it's like you light skin and like the kind of color, colorism type of thing? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think I think so. I mean, they, they, there's such a drastic tonal difference between her and her other siblings, and the way that they, at, at some point in time, treated her with a lot of affection and then uh, over it. Um, I feel like there has to be one of those components there. Um, and quite honestly, if you know, we make Atticus, you know, some type of you know biracial character as as dark as so he is. So it's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anything anyone's game here. Um, but yeah, I mean, for that as that episode goes, I like the episode as written. I don't like it narratively so close to after episodes one and two happened. I just feel like emotionally, even if she, even I'm willing to accept that she was willing to go and just deal with just average racism at that point. At the point where she's taking those pictures and starts seeing that, you know, some some monster ghost screams out the floor, get out of my house. It's like, no, this is the rap. Like we, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, not, there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, because comparatively speaking, they didn't do enough chilling at the wizard house. It's like, if Atticus, racism or not, if Atticus is a bloodline of this wizard, at least learn some game before you leave. Like, you know, <laughs> run a couple spells, you know, like, how do I do that? How do I do that? Make people forget shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that would have been a that would have been a nice trick to know on the way home in case you got stopped by other cop races. Actually, you don't remember. <laughs> like, that would, that would have been a nice, a nice thing. Actually, I'm white. Actually, we're white. Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, you do serve colors here in this restaurant. It's like that would have been a nice feel to have on your ride home. That I feel like he could have stuck around, you know, played the game a little bit just to learn a couple spells. So Scott. Let me ask you this. What was your feeling when Courtney B. Vance told the Illuminati to get the hell up out the castle? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, that was, I was like, my man. I almost did the one kind of forever. I didn't think it was going to happen. Okay. But then, but then when um, um, Atticus said it, they had to do it because he's from the Brill line that was, that was, that's a hit at them. Well, I mean, I knew, I, I, I mean, obviously I didn't see that coming, but I mean, the Courtney B. Vance having the, one of his, his, the book, I forgot what it was, but his favorite book, Be the Keystone to Open Up a Corridor. And the only thing that happens there is some book about bylaws. I mean, there had to be something there. And then the second one, and then when he, he we hadn't heard much or had any guidance from uh, the, 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 the daughter's friend, I forgot his name, but the younger white guy, mm-hmm. we hadn't heard any, a lot from him or any real specifics. And he says, hey, just because they don't want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be here. And the second Courtney B. Van stands up, he's like, and yup, and I can roll out now. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there had to be a reason for this, right? Like this. Right, 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 right. So in the context of, like, social construct, are the the two blonde-haired kids, I, don't, I mean, brother, sister, or whatever they are, are they supposed to be, like, allies to black folks? I have not gotten that impression before. I think the guy is supposed to be. I don't know about her. Mm. But see, I'm trying to... I mean, if you look at, so if you just take what they say as, as the truth, he is her friend. She is a woman who has ambitions outside of what her gender allowed her to have mm-hmm. in the environment that she grew up in and the world that she lives in. And he's her friend. So she sees Atticus as uh, a means to her ultimate ends. That doesn't necessarily make her an ally or him. It makes them have a value and and and, and a and a, plan. a shared goal. 
yeah, shared goal that Atticus is, is probably unwillingly a part of because he wanted to murder her. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't necessarily say ally. I mean, she didn't give Atticus the money, you know? So but she, but didn't she- also didn't bring back her, her his uncle. Right, but didn't she release the spell for them to get out in the second episode? No, I thought Courtney, uh, I thought- um, No, Atticus did when all the drama was going down, a dude's control over the, their dream state or not dreams that them being blocked in got messed up with that. Yeah, yeah, because that's why they had to move Courtney B. Vance. Like, they just, they realized that they could leave, and then they say, hey, we got to get the hell out of here. And they argued if by moving him, he could die. And they go, well, we'll all die if we don't move him. Um, but I don't, I did not, maybe I could be wrong, I did not notice that she did anything that assisted them. In I need to go back and watch. I thought that she did something to aid them, but I can't, outside of stopping, well, that goes back to the, uh, the larger plan when she stopped the racist from uh, attacking, you know, shooting at them from the truck when they first entered the town or yeah. trying to get out of sundown. She also, she also tried to buck break him, though, by when he got washed, standing there, just sitting there watching him, you know, get washed and, and naked, which is mm. really traditionally yeah. <laughs> fantasized yeah. and fetished. Like, so with the Hannah House episode, what did y'all think about the doctor thing with the, with the other uh, patients and the people being sold? Oh. The first thing I thought about was like, this is exactly why white people, I mean, black people don't trust doctors. Yeah. This, this is just, this is uh, but So like one of my TV. questions is that something y'all might have picked up. Did the doctor get, how did the doctor die? I wasn't clear on that either. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know if it was just me. I was like, was there a special way he died or something or? Mm, I don't remember. I have to watch it again. I don't, I remember them saying. I also wasn't clear on how the cop knew so much about the house. Because he, he was did. in the picture. He was, he was in the picture by. with them. He was helping them get, get, get people. Get, to get the bodies. Right, but how did he... But, right, but get the bodies and knowing the house was ultimately haunted, I think, were two different things. It's like... Well, he, he knew talk. those bodies were in there, though. So he was just assuming oh, okay. it was haunted. I yeah, think. I think he was just doing that to scare, being like, you know, people have died right. in the house because I've taken them to, there to go. Right, to he doesn't know if... He didn't know if it was haunted. He just saying, like, yo, there's some bodies up in there. Because he said there's six dead bodies in there. I know. Because they didn't come out when I brought them over there. Okay, okay, I'm with you now. So, you talk about those white kids that, that saw somebody walk into a porch, cut a, a goat's blood uh, throat, and then wipe <laughs> the blood on their forehead, and then go like, hey, we're going to walk in here with bats? Like, he was like, <laughs> they all need to die. They, 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 they black and they non-Christian. They practice their voodoo up in here. <laughs> That's what my thing is. Like, if, as soon as I would have saw that, I'd be like, man, we're going to try this in the next week. Yeah, that's a wrap. No, I'll be good. We'll come back. Yeah. They, uh, they, we'll do this. Uh, 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 get the one of the Molotovs. Get one of the Molotovs real quick. Let's just <laughs> said, we, need, we need projectiles. We're not going to go through the window. I think four of them should do right. Four of them, right? Four of them brought up the house, right? That's what they said? Like four? Give me four. Oh, yeah. However. <laughs> so they walked past the goat. Like they saw the bleeding goat on the porch. And still was like, we're gonna go forward. Because and maybe they say that racism is that racist that they don't even care about that. Hey, they was they was like, Otis, grab that for dinner when we get on our way out. Make sure I don't forget that. <laughs> That's good roadkill. <laughs> good roadkill. So like it was crazy, like to think. I mean, and this I guess this goes to the Tuskegee experiments. It goes to everything that black people have when it comes to uh, the medical uh, profession. And that also ventures into the idea of, I don't, I don't, uh, the idea people have talked about people having their organs um, stolen mm. or people being black people being killed for their organs. So I think it was kind of wrapping up all those things together in that kind of a haunted situation of like, 
this happened. And this so what is did y'all did y'all have any thoughts on uh the the end scene with the with the bodies in the basement? But that was like a lower level, right? Like it went an extra level deep. I my first right, thought. But was, I think that's where the elevator kept going. Remember the elevator was come, came up from there at first. Remember when she was looking through there and she was like, the elevator is supposed to be coming up. And it went straight it went straight back down to that level. What you mean? Remember when, when she remember when in the beginning when she was t- giving a tour to her sister? Right, and almost took and her she, head off. Right. Yeah. It was going down to that level. That's what it right, kept messing but, up. I the mean, elevators broke going only going all the way to the top, all the way to the bottom, I think. I didn't. I took it as they didn't even know that level. I mean, she may have known that level was there. It was weird because I also looked at it like an underground railroad type of situation. Like you know, I think they put the bodies. Hey, with white bodies. I didn't. I didn't get the impression that she knew that that was there. Like if you look at the scene, the elevator goes to the floor in a basement, and then it actually shows on the outside of the screen uh, dirt and bones and other things buried in the soil. I, I. I did not get the impression that it did. I thought it was some more that supernatural crap that the elevator goes down to this this death tunnel. So, so how did the how did the bodies get down there then? Because some I mean, of the bodies died. The house did it. You said what? It's like the house did it. Oh, oh, the ghost did. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I didn't even think about that. And those bodies are never gonna be found. She said, she, she said what she said. She, I don't know anything about any missing or white guys or something like that. But I, I took I, that as I, I took that as she knew and just didn't yeah, like, cover up. Yeah, that's what I thought. But that's the thing though. They didn't actually interact with the white guys. They didn't. No, they didn't. So so maybe if they found one or two, but I mean what would make them start saying, hey, after we just exercised this house and my friend was taken over by a demon, let's go upstairs and see if there are any dead white guys. Whose body you gotta get rid of? Well, you know what? That actually makes a lot more sense to you now. Now that you say that, because that's also probably where the other bodies were buried, like the slave bodies, the ones that they had been experimenting on. Because when you think about it, when she said they, like Steve said, they weren't, uh, they never interacted. They were actually killed by those ghosts. Mm-hmm. So the the, whole, the house of the ghosts are the ones that actually probably took them to their face. She probably still don't know that it's down there. Yeah. I mean, that's how I got. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll find out, but that's that's the impression. So, do y'all think that that house is like all good? You think those ghosts still those ghosts end up resting, right? Like they're fine now, right? Like they're. It appeared in episode three. That's yeah. right, right. That's the assumption. <laughs> or it could be the Adams family up in there where they just some of them ghosts is living there and it's all good, like you know. I thought the I thought the uh, blonde woman was dead too. I thought she felt felt her death the rest of the house. So I mean, that, the assumption. At the end of one episode, could be completely undone. But not so. so, what y'all uh, think about finally Jesse uh, Smollett's? And, and uh, the blonde chick was magical, so yeah, she's she's on a different level of magic. And like, so I read a little bit of summary of the book. That that her character is actually a man in the book. They actually split the two characters. The, the guy and the girl made them. They're supposed to be just one person, but they split them into two characters. Mm. <laughs> And basically, they're, they're basically the magic white person for black people in the, throughout the book. Because all these are short stories in the book, but one long story. Mm. I got you. So they're like, oh. like it's, it's flipping the whole idea of the magical Negro. The magical it's like the Negro. magical white person for these. So basically, these white people just magically helping them throughout this road of racism. Well, that's what I said. Then they're allies. Yeah. And they're supposed to be allies. Oh. Well, but, I, but, but, but it also is some, what I'm just, I just read small summary. I didn't read but like they do have their own agendas at the same time for why they're doing it. So it goes, it's kind of like they're both, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
they have their own agendas uh, as well. Um, so helping, you, helping the black folks helps their agenda. Yeah, so like this next episode looks like next episode looks crazy. Like I, I don't know, like Hippolyta, uh it looks like she's no had something no like spoilers. Huh? No spoilers. No, 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 no spoilers. I'm just going off the preview. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying the next episode just looks like she looked like she was like in some Greek Roman like world like fighting. Like in a past life or something. So I don't know what is going on with that. Cause they like they keep going to her when that that scene where she went in and it's something significant we don't know yet. When she went in and she saw the was it the globe and like the different aspects of the little science thing and she kept on like smiling and feeling good about it. So I guess that's I don't know, we don't know what that is. Is that something about Courtney B. Vance or because I have a theory too that that's not that's not her daughter. That's Courtney B. Vance's daughter from the first wife. Oh wow! I mean, it's possible. Was, and it goes to what you said. I was thinking about, that what's the name with the first wife? Uh, uh, what's the Atticus? What's his son from the first wife? Oh, oh no! Oh wow! Okay, I mean, I was thinking that was the daughter from it. Or whatnot, because what Scott's saying is ill. Though the idea that he was still in love with that other woman, and that was a nightmare to him. That he could was in love with that other woman more than the woman he was with. Damn, man! And that's his nightmare. That flips the whole concept to me of what that was going on. Well, the interesting is, like what Scott said, was that he knew he was the first one to recognize, like, yeah, this isn't real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you know, the other two were fighting for their lives. So, I mean, that kind of said, yeah. I mean, it adds up. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great show, man. I'm I'm really digging it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I really like I really like watching the show. I never I, I I forgot what it's like to watch something and not have any expectations for how it ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like all the Marvel stuff, all the Star Wars stuff. Like I watch it and I have some idea how I expect it to end or how it's ended in different mediums, but this is like I have I have no idea what's happening here. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is it's gonna probably be something like extra regular too. Just because we, <laughs> just because we thinking it's about to be off in the farm, like, it's gonna be some, you know, they gonna it's end the, all. They're they gonna move to Biloxi, Mississippi, in the right, and, and, like, and, Scott, eating, like, and not even tripping, like man, no, eating, is, eating apple pie out of like a, a, a back southern diner or something like that. It's, like, <laughs> it's gonna be something super simple. I, 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 before we, before we, before we, we get out of here, I was going. Back, I just thought about the ill part. Uh, me and you talked about it, Ted, offline. With the, the diner scene the second time they got ran out of town mm. or whatever. And like how, like, I guess that we, we were trying to figure out, like, was that, you know, that was she just kept serving black people too much? Or did she serve black people one time? Like, how did they end up burning up her whole establishment for them to, uh, you know, for it to get that ill? And it was in the, the green book. So it must have been a lot of Negroes showing up over time if it was in this green book. And it was like, damn. What'd you say, Ted? I said, I agree. I think that uh, I think that it just got caught off of, uh, uh, you know, she was getting money. And, you know, the way that they, the whole town acted, especially because it's a sundown town. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were probably just like. Well, that was a sun up town. That was at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sun up town. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They were like, you know, I, I just think that. They just didn't like her serving black people, period. They probably let her get her money for a minute. But, you know, if it's in the green book, that means that's a constant. It ain't just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck, 
a couple one-offs and then it's done. So, uh, but the way that a rifle on the back of the truck, like they wouldn't. Hey man, well, the way that the dude, even the guy, the little server in there, acted for whoever made that phone call, whoever he was talking to, could have been the sheriff or whatever. But he was just like, no, I would never serve them. Not after what you did to Miss Lisa or whoever owned the shop. So that right there told me it was like, oh, they're not playing around. Yeah, it was crazy too. Even thinking back to that, like, because I like that if y'all noticed, they didn't go through the South. These were all Midwest towns. Mm. Right. Midwestern North towns, yeah. Yeah, and, and the idea of a sundown town is mostly a Midwestern thing, a Midwestern, like, you know, a little bit of West Coast thing. So it gave you the idea of, like, yo, it, was, it, wasn't, race, it wasn't just races below Kentucky. Right. Like, you had to go through Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, where they were still running after the black folk. It's a, real it's a real interesting commentary because there is this uh, notion that, you know, after you know, after Jim Crow, then racism was down below the Mason-Dixie and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and that's just it's just not historically accurate. All right. What do y'all So nobody has no predictions of nothing going forward. Nobody even knows. We, we don't know what the hell is going on. I got nothing. I hope they bring Courtney B. B Vance back because I think him and uh, Michael K. Williams uh, having some more scenes together would be great. Um, I thought Michael K. Williams was going to be way more like uh, mystical than what he was. He was like, no, I just came here on accident. They just kidnapped me. <laughs> it was just a plain and simple explanation of why he ended up there. It's just like, they got me. Hey, he was super mad too. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, how you going to be mad at your son for asking questions? It's like, I heard they got you. No, nigga. <laughs> they, they grabbed me coming out the sit go. <laughs> I was getting some cigarellos and they got me. <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for listening. As always, email us landocalpod at gmail.com. We'll be back in three more episodes to talk about the next six episodes of Love Calf Country. Peace. Peace. Peace.